Good Monday. Welcome in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, coming to you from the Lee Company studio and parts unknown. I'm Chris Cadillac, Howell. Michigan. <laughs> Cadillac. Cadillac. Oh, well. Like the home Cornell the... Williams, Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Cadillac, Michigan, and from the home of the Cadillac Lyric right here in Murray County. So it's kind of a kind of a, a symbiotic relationship here we as we are getting ready on this Monday to talk a little bit about the weekend of sports. There was a ton of craziness all hmm. weekend long, whether it be in the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, or any other sport. There's there's a ton to get to today, and we have plenty of topics to broach, Mo. But how was your trip up? Well, once I got out of Nashville, everything was flying. My my flight got canceled. Uh, not canceled. Got delayed by about 30 minutes, which made me a little um um made my connector a little dicey. But I got lucky and got there, and so all was good. And went and watched. A little youth soccer yesterday afternoon once I got into town and braved the wind. Mm. Had to come and thaw out, but yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Early morning actually... though. It was an early morning that really took t took its toll on me late yesterday. So, <laughs> you struggling. You know I you know I don't do early well. So. Yeah, the struggling that it, it the early part is is okay most of the time. It's it's you know what do I do when I get tired? when I'm not normally tired and right. how does that, how does that work out on the backside? Yeah, it, it didn't work out well yesterday, but today's <laughs> better. Today's better. We're doing it was a well. little chilly down here on, on Saturday. Yeah. So I, I, I understand. I feel you. I feel you. Well, glad that you guys can join us. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to getting you all of the reaction on this Monday mirror edition of main street sports today. We had a very kind of a, a light schedule over the weekend. Uh, when you when you factor in that you know two of our football teams played midweek, and then you you factor in some Thursday night football high school games, uh, the fact that district volleyball tournaments are wrapping up, region tournaments are. Uh, starting to get underway, but not all at the same time. So there's just, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of things going on right now, Mo. And I think fall break kind of figures into that a little bit. Too. And fall break certainly figures into it. So, and, and fall breaks will be happening, you know, last week, this upcoming this week, week, and there's just a lot to get to. So let's dive into the weekend's results and today's schedule. And we'll do that on. The rundown. This is the rundown. The Monday rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. DCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Football action from Friday, Henry County edges Beach in overtime, 46-45. It was Knox Catholic, 47, Brentwood Academy, 42. 
Brentwood down Centennial, 28-21, and Donaldson Christian was a 35-0 winner over Clarksville Academy. West Creek blanked Clarksville Northeast, 43-0, and Davidson Academy was a 56-0 winner over Webb School. Continuing the shutouts was Mount Pleasant, 34, East Hickman, nothing. Providence Christian gets a big win over Ezo Harding and secures a playoff berth in their first year of 11-man play, 16-9 over Ezo Harding. Innsworth, 17-10 winners over Father Ryan. Columbia gets an 18-6 win against Franklin County in a wild one. Franklin Road Academy, 61. Battleground Academy, 20. Grace Franklin blanks White's Creek, 37-0. Pearl Cone, the same to Greenbrier, 35-0. Giles County downs Grundy County, 56-6. And Independence was a 31-7 winner over Fairview. Nolansville blanks Lawson, 27-0. Harpeth. 28-0 over Joe Burns. Clarksville, 62. Kirkwood, 6. Marshall County, a 58-6 winner over Montgomery Central. And Montgomery Bell Academy was a 14-6 winner over Lipscomb Academy. Columbia Academy takes down Nashville Christian, 27-21. And Mohad coverage on MainStreetMurray.com. Shelbyville down Spring Hill, 44-23. Sycamore, 41. Cheatham County, 15. Tennessee Heat, a 62-6 winner over Zion Christian in eight-man play. And finally, White House Heritage was a 41-6 winner over Stewart County. Girls Soccer, Providence Christian down Good Pasture, 4 In college football action of area interest, Florida with a 38-14 win over visiting Vanderbilt. Tennessee State went down to Atlanta and defeated Kennesaw State 27-20. Big win for the Tigers there. And Cumberland, Cumberland University of Lebanon <clears throat> with a 21-17 win over University of the Cumberlands of Williamsburg, Kentucky. NFL action. Indianapolis 23, Tennessee 16. Ugh. Uh, Major League Baseball Division Series openers. Texas with a 3-2 win over Baltimore. The Astros with a 6-4 win over the Twins. Diamondbacks with a nine-run first defeat at the Dodgers 11-2 and the Phillies blank the Braves 3-0. Game two yesterday, Texas took a 2-0 lead in that ALDS with an 11-8 win over Baltimore. They'll go home with a 2-0 lead. Minnesota evens that series with a 6-2 win over the Astros. And in WNBA Championship Series action, Las Vegas opens with a 99-82 victory over the New York Liberty. Today's action in volleyball, Summertown down, uh, takes on Huntington down in Loretto. That's a 6 o'clock start at the barn. The host, Lady Mustangs, will then host a Madison Academic at 7. Girls soccer action. Hold up, hold up, hold up. So I'm assuming the championship is at 8 then? You know what? I, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, that would be my guess. Since that was my right initial there. thought, but... It obviously didn't say that, so um, Let's see what we can figure out. I can't imagine that uh, on their Facebook page the bracket is posted. Um, I can't imagine they would make Huntington mm -hmm. or Madison Academic come back. So I'm or Huntington, it, right? Yeah. So I can't imagine they'd make either of those come back in the event that they were to win. Mm-hmm. So let's assume that the championship is at eight. Girls okay. soccer, Macon County hosting Greenbrier at six. Watertown's at home against Stone Memorial, also at six. At seven, Riverdale's at Blackman. 
and at times unknown to us, Smyrna at Cookville, Laverne hosting Lebanon. Monday night football action at 7.15 on ABC. The Packers are at the Raiders. Should be fun to watch tonight for you, Mo. Uh, with no rooting interest. Just You no. just get to watch people react. Just watch. And <laughs> Major League Baseball at 5 o'clock Central. The Phillies at the Braves in Game 2. Game 2 of the other division series. The Diamondbacks are at the Dodgers. Following that, also on TBS, formerly known as Turner Broadcasting System. So, that, folks, is your rundown. The Pig Blue Wiggly, don't forget to go by and see them for your lunch special. They've got meats, vegetables, cobblers. You can get any of the combination that pleases you. You can also get fresh hand-cut meats daily as well as fresh produce, and it's all cost plus 10% at the register, so make sure to go see them today in Neely's Mill at the Pig. Mo, we have some Hall of Fame inductees announced a little bit earlier today. Yeah, um, pretty interesting stuff. The Tennessee Football Coaches Association announced its 2023 Hall of Fame inductees um, via social media platforms earlier because I've not seen a um, I've not seen a release maybe I just didn't get the release who knows um, but um, apparently it's possible. It, oh it's highly possible trust me um, um, former Greenville coach Kane Ballard Current Montgomery Bell Academy coach Marty Uverard. Big weekend for Marty between this and, and that win over Lipscomb Academy. Um, former Jefferson County coach Craig Kissabeth. Um, Bruce Lucier, who was head coach at Oak Ridge and, a, and an assistant at Father Ryan. And John Olive, who went out the way everybody wants to go out. Retired after he won a state championship a couple years ago down at Tullahoma. Those five will be in the 2023 induction class for the Tennessee Football Coaches Association's Hall of Fame. And that's a solid class, man. There's a lot of victories between those five. Yeah, Kane Ballard, first name you mentioned, spent his entire career as a head coach at Greenville, winning Four state championships in 2010, 2011, 2017, and 2018 going out on top, as you say you would certainly like to do. Man, I mean, can you – It. how else? I mean, I've done all I can do here. I'm gone. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, this is, this is a guy who, you know, as, as I'm, you know, as I'm trying to do some – Simple oh, math here. You said there would be no math. Uh, yeah, I mean, lost. I can't help you. One one twenty two lost fifteen. <laughs> that's it's about as good as it gets, Mo. I told you there's a bunch, bunch of wins here. Marty Uverard, one hundred and eighty three wins in his lengthy career. Yeah. Um. Let's see. NBA. Oakland, he mm-hmm. was somewhere over east for a while. Jefferson County. There we go. Oh, and so you got a couple of Jeff County coaches here then. And 
one single solid tiny year at Battleground Academy in 2010. So before going over to NBA where he won a state championship in 14 and Division II 2A, and then three region championships, including, what, five, one, two, three, six, six appearances in the state championship game that he did not win it. So seven total, six runner-up appearances or finishes. That's pretty good. He's done a heck of a job. Good job for an ex-Blue Raider. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a... This is a great class, man. I mean, as you obviously, as you, you know, you think about the way that, you know, the way that John Olive went out as as a state champion. He 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 spent a lot of years at, at Tullahoma and made them into a, a a perennial power in, in over there and. So yeah, it's 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 pretty impressive to to look at this. I tell you what, I'm most impressed with with John Olive's career is, you know, the Tullahoma administration because there was a time mm-hmm. that they really dropped off, and a lot of folks were wondering, you know, why John Olive was still there, and then he he brought them back from from the brink. Um, going to our trusted ahsfhs.org site, they went 0-10 in both 15 and 16 after going 5-6 and 6 in 13 and 14. It's 5-5 five and 7-17, five and but then 10-3, and 7-4, and 12-1 and one in 19-20 and 20, um, sorry, 18-19 and 20. And then was it 21 that they won it all? That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, again, kudos to that administration for sticking with him for to, to let him get that thing back to where everybody expected Tullahoma football to be. And, you know, kudos to him for delivering on their um, on their commitment to him. And again, I, I can't think of a better way to go out than with the state championship. So, yeah, this is. Well, this yeah. Is a, and you think about his time at Maribel too. He kind of was the one who got the ball rolling downhill. Kind of set Maribel. the tone for them as well. Yeah. I mean, finished that. You know, finished his last year there nine and two. You know, obviously a first round exit. But you got to think about ninety two and who was that? That was. Uh, was that the. The dominant years of of, Cleveland. Or that who, was who, yeah. There was some Cleveland in there, some Riverdale in there, and they probably did get knocked out by. It probably was Cleveland that got them. I'm not sure. It off was the top Clinton. Of my head, Clinton. But that was back when, you know, you only. Marable wasn't quite Marable at that point. Well, no, and like, like I said, I think I mean I, I really I think that he he had a lot to do with kind of getting the ball rolling downhill to getting to to putting Marable where Maryville eventually got to. Mm-hmm. So, well done, John Olive. Congrats to him. Great, great coach, great, great man, and has been, you know, steady in that program even since he left mm-hmm. and, and, and helping 
to, you know, keep that thing going and, and keep us informed. John does a great job keeping the media informed yeah. about what's going on over there. And, you know, Chris, Craig Kisabeth is a name that you may not necessarily be familiar with, but he was up at Jefferson County back in the, um, in the nineties for sure. And maybe in the late eighties, but he had um, a couple of guys, a couple of brothers, Todd and Brent Collins, whose names you might've heard. Um, I think they both played down at Georgia, um, were high school All-Americans and, and went on to, to distinguished um, collegiate careers, both of them. And Jeff County back in the 90s was jeff county was today's marable or the from, recent marable from 82 to 94 um won all but two region championships including the 87 triple a state title mm-hmm. going 15 and 0 yeah made one two three four four appearances in the semifinals during that run as well they were not a team you wanted to see in class AAA. And again, this is back when there were three classes and public and private played together and, and mm-hmm. you know, they wore leather helmets and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it, great, great career there as well. And all five of these guys, well-deserving of a spot in the Hall of Fame, no question. Yeah, um, that's that's awesome. Again, it's a, it's a great class, and and they they are highly deserving. And and congrats to them for this honor. Let's take a break, Mo. Our first break of the day. We've got some monsters to talk about. Plenty of folks to get to and 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 celebrate for their performances over the weekend. We'll also talk a little Southeastern Conference football before we get into Major League Baseball. So stick around. Main Street Sports Days presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back to the Lee Company studio in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. 
With Lee Company technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is time for the Monday Mirror Monstars, where we congratulate and, and, and give out a little praise to those who had a great weekend in their respective sports. So we'll start. Chris. Oh, you got a Monstar to... I do have a Monstar, but before I give you a Monstar, I want to give you the answer to a question from the first segment. Um, Nick Quillen, volleyball coach down at Loretto, did confirm that tonight's um, region championship game is at 8 o'clock tonight. So Perfect. Yeah. Um, my first Monstar, if you've been keeping up, you, you might have noticed a little bit of a pattern with my Monstars because I try to give you a high school kid, a college kid, and a pro guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My Monstar had four catches for 195, uh, sorry, 149 yards and two touchdowns and a 50-yard punt return in a 34 to nothing road win for Mount Pleasant over at East Hickman on Friday night. My first Monstar is Darian Mesa. Mo, what are we doing? Hmm? What are we doing? What do you mean? Still kicking to this man. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> Kid Hartsfield said never interrupt your enemy in the middle of making a mistake. You know, <laughs> that's, his third that's his third return touchdown in three games. Um, and he, one, of his, um, one of his touchdown catches was for 84 yards. So, I mean, when you, when you talk about guys that can score from anywhere on the field, this guy's at the top of the list. Darian Mays is special. No question. Really Justin? Is. Yo, yo. Um, I am going to be a little less diverse in my <laughs> monsters. <laughs> because I am. It's okay. Uh, I'd love the NFL, uh, you know, a little biased towards it. So my number one is got to be number one in our hearts here in Tennessee, DeAndre Hopkins. 140 yards receiving in a Titans game for the Titans. 
When has that ever happened? 140 yards and no touchdowns, though. That makes it. Yeah, that true. makes you go, "Yep, he's definitely a titan." Yeah, exactly. That, exactly. You, you are so titan if. Yes, you are so titan if. Right. Yeah, no question. Um, my first one, we're going to go to the collegiate rank. Since we've had a high school and a pro guy, I'll just give you my college guy. <laughs> and here's a receiver. Jermaine Burton showed up and showed out for the Tide. Nine catches, 197 yards, and two touchdowns, and their win at Texas A&M was huge. Probably the most important guy in that win. So Jermaine Burton is my monstar number one. Well, <clears throat> if Jermaine Burton is your monstar number one, then that makes my monstar number two a little easier because I'm going with Jalen Milrow. 21 of 33 for 321 yards, three touchdowns in said 26-20 win over Texas A&M. How many yards? 321. So more than half mm -hmm. to the boy. I'm telling you, man, Jermaine Burton and, and, and Jalen Milrow, I guess the transfer made them, you know, maybe it took a little longer for them mm -hmm. to, to get figure it out connected but you know as good as that texas a&m run defense is obviously i was going to finish with 23 yards rushing in the game you know it, it was going to be put on milrose shoulders and he and he and that offense figured it out and kudos to him for that justin number two my number two is um Sort of just an athlete shout-out kind of thing. Jamar Chase, even though I don't like the Bengals, I like him and Burrow. And for him to have that press conference or like that interview after the game uh, a couple weeks ago and say, I'm always effing open, and then uh, back it up, targeted 15 times and get 192 yards, I'd say that that, that holds up. <laughs> Jamar Chase is like 7-Eleven, huh? Man, yeah, <laughs> just – Proof is in the pudding there. There you go. Oh, I would agree with you there. I'm going to go. I'm going to go down to the high school ranks here. And over in Cheatham County, Hicks Hunter, a sophomore from Sycamore, in the rivalry game against Cheatham County, leads Sycamore with 329 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. And oh, by the way, that's the second time in two weeks that he has set Sycamore's single game rushing yards record. <laughs> so give him his props, Hicks Hunter, which is a great name, by the way. I wonder what his middle name is. I wonder if he's Triple H. I was going to say, I hope it's like Hunter. I hope it's like Helmsley, you know, yeah, Hunter Hurst Howard Helmsley. or, yeah. Or, yeah, Hicks. Howard Hicks Hunter is probably, that, that's it. We're going to give Triple him Triple H. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, big, big game from him. And, and to do it in a rivalry against Cheatham County, that's always big. So, well done. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number three. Um, number three. Chicago Bears receiver DJ Moore, eight catches, 230 yards, three touchdowns in the Bears, 40-20 to 20 win over Washington on Thursday night. 
He wasn't even tired after that. He didn't even look tired. Because he didn't have to work. Crazy. It is. Yeah. Justin? Uh, mine is more of a collective for my third. Um, shout out to the Dolphins defense. They had seven sacks. Uh, you know, I don't really care for the Dolphins as much as the other way, but um, just envious that they <laughs> was able to to recognize who QB was and bring him down. And <laughs> something about Gardner Minshew, man, he just haunts us. Can he go away? <laughs> I don't think he's going away. Like first Jags, now this. All right, I'm there. Yeah, I think he's. I, I, I legitimately think Gardner Minshew is is here to stay and. Hmm. Could be bad news for the AFC South. Tomorrow we'll talk with Ben. Uh, I almost said Jones. No, not Ben Jones. Ben Arthur. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we'll be talking to former Alabama center or no. Titan center. It'd be Even a good one. get, though. I mean, if It'd you know anybody. If we, if we can get him. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to know what he line. thinks about the offensive line. Right. Especially Aaron Brewery yesterday. At times yeah. played great. At times did not. Uh, my third monster. We're gonna go to the WNBA, where Jackie Young had 26 points, five boards, four assists, and was three of five from behind the arc to lead the Las Vegas Aces to a 99 to 82 Game One win over New York in the WNBA Finals. Was not expecting WNBA monster recognition, but I don't I don't hate it. Well, I. I'm going to think outside the box when I can. And I really just wanted to get in, you know, another mention that they got the dub. Yeah. So, yeah. Alicia Clark and the Aces getting her done. There we go. All right. Let's get into some SEC football, Mo. Some questions. And, and, and I put this in the tweet because... This week felt normal, which <laughs> is weird because it's been an abnormal season. I mean, I'm not quite sure how you define it, but okay. Well, I'm saying, like, you expect Georgia to boat race Kentucky. You expect Alabama to, you know, to win a tough game in, in College Station. You expect LSU to beat Missouri, even if it does. To, I mean, the the winners and losers were – Exactly what you expect. As noted, oh, you're talking about SEC. Never mind. This Go ahead. is SEC only. Okay. Go this ahead. This felt like a normal SEC week, but as an within within an abnormal season, it just it, it's it's very weird. Very, very. So you know, I'm just curious if this is a. I'm curious if this is what we should expect from here on out. And, you know, maybe the, the weirdness of the season is over and we've, you know, the cream is rising back to the top as it, as we, you know, all expected to, to start the season or what? Maybe it just took some time to get to normalcy. You know, maybe it took Alabama a little time to figure out that, Jalen Milrow is, in fact, their best option at quarterback. Um, 
you know, uh, maybe it took Georgia a little time to really figure out who they are. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and, you know, LSU, Missouri, LSU got the win, but it's, it's like, I'm fond of saying it. It's kind of like those old math classes that you had in high school, you know, show your work. Uh, I think LSU has still given up more points through what six games than some of their defenses have in an entire season. So, uh, you know, make, oh, I, no I guess they're the just going to have to outscore people. The defense is struggling. There's no question there. But when you run for 274 yards, that that that'll cure some ills. That will cure some ills, no no doubt. And, and, and here's the thing: they you know they didn't turn the ball over. They fumbled twice, but didn't lose either of the two. But, I mean, in, in a game where offense is going to win you the game, you cannot turn the ball over, and that's, I mean, th that, was the, that was the difference in the game. Brady Cook threw two, two interceptions. It's a 10-point ball game, two possessions. There you go. That's the difference. And so, you know, maybe, Ellie, look, what to expect in year two of this coaching staff and Brian Kelly? I, I didn't necessarily expect this. I didn't expect them to lose a shootout to Ole Miss. I didn't expect them to win a shootout versus Missouri. I don't think that's at all what anybody expected, uh, particularly with this defensive line and how good they've been and how good they can be. Mm -hmm. But, you know – LSU is going to give folks trouble. You don't think LSU Alabama is going to be fun to watch now that Alabama's offense has apparently figured some things out? Have they figured out enough things to score with LSU? I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I think LSU, I think Alabama's defense is really good, and so they're probably going to stop LSU a few more times than Ole Miss and and Missouri mm -hmm. will. So I think that yes, the two. I think you're going to see a little bit. Uh, you're going to see Alabama's offense score a little bit more. LSU's offense score a little bit less, but they're going to be about equal, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does make sense. And so yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But it just, but it's weird because, you know, we're used to saying who's going to score in this game at all because the two defenses are so good. Right. And so and, it, it's an abnormal year, yet we're getting normal results now. Well, and, and I've got a friend who is so fond of pointing out whenever – you see a 55-49 game in the SEC, how all of a sudden it's great offenses when if you see that in the Big 12, it's how bad the defenses are. I mean, it's all a matter of perspective, I guess. But um, Well, I, I certainly think the LSU defense is not very good. <laughs> I mean, based on the last two weeks, they've not shown much. So I, I would I would certainly say that that it's it's a product of of bad defense. Is why Missouri scored thirty nine points. That's that's what I'm going to go with. Now, speaking of good defenses, Georgia holds Ray Davis to fifty nine yards on fifteen carries. That's less uh, than four yards a carry. It rounds up, but it's still well, it's three point nine yards a carry. So. Yeah, 3.99, basically. <laughs> like I said, One yard away up. from four. But, but, yeah, it's, I mean, that's less than four yards of carry. Devin Leary, less than five yards of completion, though. 
That's your guy. And, and right, and Mark they Stoops. Have, they, they've got. Do they have any interest in moving on? Because listen, he's a he's a transfer guy. He's if, here for one year. So, either he gets it done, or he's got to go. It's not like you're. You know, he's going to be back next year so that he needs to learn the offense and get a little bit more. You know, maybe you're you're hoping that next year he's a little bit better. No, this is it. So, for me, if he's if he's going 10 of 26 for 128 yards, he's got to go. This was Kentucky's first loss, Chris. And and his stat line every single week looks just like that. Which means he's won five games with stat lines just like that. Well, he's been the quarterback in five wins. I don't know how many games he's won. I, <laughs> I mean, I understand what you're saying. I'm just telling you what they're saying in Lexington. Now, I'm looking at an article Are you by looking Matt at their Hay. schedule? <laughs> So no. I'm looking. I'm looking at an article on Saturday Down South by Matt Hayes where he's got this week's power poll. Number five, Kentucky Wildcats had receivers running run open all game against Georgia, and QB Devin Leary couldn't deliver the ball in three games against SEC competition. Leary is 34 of 74, 46 percent for 402 yards. Now, now, to your now, point, is that what you want? At, uh, okay, but. Not just three SEC games, Mo. Vanderbilt, Florida, <laughs> and Georgia. Uh, okay. One so you went from one extreme like to the other. the other, though. One of these is not like the other. And yet. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, two of the three, you expect much better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean... <laughs> as a famous organization is fond of saying, you know, the first step to fixing a problem is admitting you have one. Has Mark Stoops admitted he has one? I don't know that he has. I don't know that he's going to. Well, he better figure it out because Missouri comes in this week and then he's and, got and, Tennessee coming in with and an absolute just juggernaut of a front seven. And Missouri certainly feels like that's a game they can win. Oh, they feel like they better win it. So. Uh, I'm telling you, Kentucky better. And a lot of folks to a lot of folks are saying things like, you know, Kentucky is still on the rise. And, and I'm like, no, Kentucky is Kentucky. And, and listen, a lot of Kentucky fans are making the grave mistake. The Ole Miss mistake, I like to call it. Mm -mm. They're not happy with being above average. Not everybody is Georgia. Not everybody can fire Mark Richt and hire Kirby Smart and win national championships. Over the last 25 <laughs> years, Georgia is the only team in the Southeastern Conference to average 10 wins or more a year for the last 25 years. They're the only one. Not everybody is Georgia. You're more likely to be Ole Miss if you're Kentucky 
and you fire the guy who gets you nine and three, ten and two, and occasionally eleven and one, and then you go back to being mediocre before maybe you hire somebody who can get you back to nine and three, and then you're happy with it. Okay, but so on one hand, Kentucky needs to be aware of having an overblown. False sense, sense of self-worth. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, you know, we've got a transfer from North Carolina State, SQB1, who's not getting it done. What are we going to do? You know, but we're 5-1 and one with him at quarterback. He might not be winning games, but we're 5-1 and one with him at quarterback. And we're questioning whether or not we should keep him at quarterback, but we're also preaching, you know, know who you are. You know, where are we on Kentucky? Well, here's the thing. I, I think if you go, if you look at, at Devin Leary's performances, right, over the last three games, the, the SEC games, because that's what you got left. You can't count Ball State and Akron. Sorry, not going to do it. Eastern Kentucky, sorry, doesn't count. He could have went 25 of 25 for 420 yards and seven touchdowns. I don't care. They don't count. If you're less than 50% completion rate against SEC opponents that, oh, by the way, are Vanderbilt in Florida. So you've got Missouri, Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina, and 14th ranked and undefeated Louisville coming up. <laughs> Five and one or not, you know that what he's given you in the last three games is not good enough to win the majority of the rest of those games. So if you're Mark Stoops, and you want to continue being nine and three, you better figure it out because you're not winning four games with Devin Leary at quarterback the rest of the way. <laughs> it ain't happening. And if you ain't careful, you're going to be six and six with with Mississippi State being the 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 game that gets you bowl eligible, or not. <laughs> so be careful, and you got to go to Davis Wade Stadium. By the way. So yeah, he may be five and one, but at what point do you go, oh crap, now we've got to make a change and it's too late? Forty-six percent ain't gonna get it done. <laughs> so again, a lot of folks talking about how Kentucky should have beaten Georgia and all this. Be happy. Be happy where you are. Don't get crazy. I'm not saying that Mark Stoops is, is going to win national championships. Probably not. But you're a basketball school. Be happy with nine and three. The occasional 10 and two. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But also, if he wants to act silly and go with Devin Leary the rest of the way, despite all of the things that we know. And he may go into Missouri. You know, they may be, they may take Missouri and, and take him to the woodshed. He, he may complete 75% of passes, and maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't but know, man. I mean, we've, we've seen that Missouri uh, secondary. And it's they're good. not bad. So, I don't know. I think they're going to run for a lot of yards on Saturday against Missouri, and that's what's going to win the ball game. And Devin Leary's going to be over there going, you know, 11 of 25 for 
200 yards, a couple touchdowns, and not turning the ball over because that's the that's the biggest key. Doesn't turn the ball over. And and maybe you know maybe that's the maybe that's the recipe for Kentucky. Maybe that's the recipe run for Kentucky. run the hell out of the ball, throw it just enough to keep defenses honest, and don't turn it over. Yep. And well, that didn't work got, because Ray Davis only had 59 yards on 15 carries. But here's the thing. If you've got quarterbacks on your roster who can do exactly the same thing. And are two years younger. Are two years younger and also can add to that rushing attack. Why would you not use them? It's a $64,000 question, Chris. Yeah. Let's take a break. <laughs> Major League Baseball postseason underway. It's getting crazy. Let's uh, talk about it on the other side of Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
October 9th, 2021. The Braves sandwiched Jorge Soler and Ozzy Albies doubles around a Freddie Freeman base hit for two third-inning runs, and Max Fried made them stand up with six shutout innings in a 3-0 Game 2 NLDS victory at Milwaukee to even the series. Austin Riley added a six-inning solo home run to help back up Freed's three-hit, nine-strikeout effort, and the bullpen trio of Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, and Will Smith closed out the pivotal win. That was this day in Braves history. Let's repeat that. Let's. It is Max Freed Day. It is Max Freed Day. Happy Before Max we... Freed Day to all who observe. Yeah. Uh... Let's go through the Braves lineup today, Mo. <laughs> okay. See if Good it news. sounds familiar, huh? Good news. You're going to know it. Acuna, Albies, Riley. Olsen, Ozuna, Darno, Rosario, Arcia, Harris. Sounds, sounds familiar. familiar. Sounds real familiar. And that, that new Braves lineup. That, Listen, I, I agree with Brian Snitker that when you get in the box, it doesn't matter what position you're hitting in. You still got to hit. <laughs> I don't know. Hit, if, hitting matters. huh? I don't know if it changed their approach as, as hitters. I don't know if it changed the approach from the pitchers because they maybe didn't have to. Maybe they could pitch around some folks that they wouldn't normally get to pitch around. I, I, I don't know. But so I, I agree with Brian Snicker that, it, you know, you, you just got to step in the box and hit no matter where you are in the lineup. OK, I, I get that. Especially when it comes to when it comes your time to hit hit, <laughs> especially against the lineup of pitchers that the Phillies threw out mm -hmm. in game. one. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't want to harp on this because, you know, it's over. Right. The Braves struggled mightily, and that's. It's just the facts, okay? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to harp on Saturday because game two is tonight, and it's, you know, you got to figure it out. I would rather focus on tonight than Saturday for sure. So Max Freed's going tonight. As long as his blister holds up, you feel pretty good about whatever he's got going on and, and whatever this Braves lineup is doing. Because, look, as we've talked about so many times this year, Mo. The Braves, they they don't like to hit against your three, four, and five guys. They want to hit your ace. They want to hit against your number ones and number twos. This this is the team. That's what they like to do. Because here's the thing: the thing about aces versus non aces and the, the three, four, five guys, the aces feel like they can go toe to toe with you, and they're, and they're going to throw. The three, four, five guys. They're nibbling at the edges, and as aggressive as this Braves offense is, they chase a lot when maybe they shouldn't. And so when you get a guy who thinks they can overpower this offense, they can't, and the Braves feast. It's just so frustrating to watch Incredible. A, a Ranger Suarez dominate this lineup. Buddy and here, those guys that came in behind Ranger Suarez. That I've never heard of. One was a rookie. One was a rookie who had only thrown like 50 pitches at the major league level, if that. And just looked like 
Cy Young. Cy Young out there. So (laughs) Braves struggled Saturday. No need to harp on it. Got to get game two. You have to get game two. I mean, you can't you can't have to go. Yeah, to you can't Citizens go to Bank. Philly down to nothing. Yeah, no. So I mean, if if you're going to Philly down to nothing, you may as well not go to Philly. I would agree with that completely. That being said, top four seeds are now one in five in the division series. What's the deal? What's the problem? I, I I don't want to whine. I don't want to sound like a whiner. But, you know, we saw this last year as well. I think you almost have to consider expanding the playoffs to eight teams. I have two options. Because that layoff is not rewarding the top two seeds. You either got to go to eight, and one plays eight, four plays five, et cetera, et cetera, or you got to reseed after the wild card. I think two things. One day off for, for tiebreaker scenarios if necessary. And one day off coming out of the wild card? I don't know. I would play one wild card game. Back to one wild card. And then I'd play a seven game NLDS. That's, that would be my, that would be my preferred option. Because here's the thing. I don't need three games. I don't need, I don't need two games of the Phillies and Marlins. I don't. I don't need two games of the Diamondbacks and whomever. I don't need three games of that. I need one. Give me the best eight teams with two additional games. That's what I want as a fan. I, I want the. I, I want the. I, I want the best on my screen as mo- as often as possible. I don't need a three-game wild card series. I need a one-game wild card game, and then give me seven in the DS. Because there's no chance that Philadelphia beats this team four times out of seven. None. Well, I try not to look at it with. Only one team's interests in mind. Well, and, and I'm not. I'm saying, but there's no reason that the Orioles. I mean, the Rangers are really good. I'm going to give the Rangers credit where credit's due. The Rangers are good. Yeah. But the Orioles won 101 games. And they're getting ready to be at home. And they're going to sit at the house. Meanwhile, the Astros are one and one. The Astros last year, by the way, number one overall seed, did not lose a game until they got to the World Series. And that is the, that is the argument that everybody's using against sure. this layoff thing. But mm-hmm. I think the Astros doing what they did the last exception. year. And the, exactly. They are the exception. Yeah. 
whatever they're doing works and, and, and maybe it's because they've just got a lot of veterans on that staff. They got a lot of veterans in that locker room. Jordan Alvarez is perhaps the most clutch dude in the history of postseason <laughs> baseball since 2000, since the year 2000 guy just hits. So, but I mean, when you see the number one and the number two seeds continuously struggle eliminated under this format, that's not as simple. I don't, I don't think that's well. That's baseball. It shouldn't be. You're you're not incentivizing one and two. I mean, why why should the Braves even want to win a hundred games? Win just enough when, to get when they out. didn't, they won the World Series. That's right. Still won the division that year, though. They didn't. Did they? Were they top two that year? I don't even remember. But they didn't. No, they were three. They played so, in the division series or in so the wild card series. In the wild card, so it's just it, it, it is it is frustrating. But does the does Major League Baseball care? No, they just care about ratings. They care about not the money. A, not they as care long about the numbers. It, not as long as Rob Manfred is in charge. No, they do not care. Thirty thirty two teams. Now say they expand, then maybe the eight teams per league works. I don't know. Half of your teams, half your teams are in the postseason. I mean, almost half are in now. Six of six of thirty. I mean, twelve of thirty. So you're. I mean, you're. 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 But you're close. You're close, but twelve. What's that? Forty percent. I mean, it's a lot more than it used to be. You well, know, it was it was for it from ninety five until what thirteen? Twelve, thirteen, yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, no matter what, Major League Baseball's gotta figure something out. They they've gotta make some sort of adjustment somewhere. Well wherever again, it may be, there I, needs I, to be an again, adjustment made. Again, the first the first step to addressing a problem is acknowledging that you have one, and I'm not sure Major League Baseball feels like they do. I would agree with that. I don't think they. I don't think they think they do. Right. Which is all that matters. I and look, I said it. You know, if the Braves are going to lose this series, I hope all the I hope all four top seeds lose, and I can't wait for a Twins Diamondbacks World Series. <laughs> yeah. And that would. I mean, with your best teams sitting at home. With with your best teams in biggest markets sitting at the house. Houston, Baltimore, Atlanta, with all of Braves country in L.A. Yep. Instead, you're going to get Minnesota. And Arizona. And Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe then, maybe the dollar signs, or lack of, get Rob Manfred's attention. That's, that, I think that's the only way. So at this point, kind of half rooting for that. <laughs> The other half rooting for the Braves to win it all. Yeah. Oh, let's take a quick break, Mo. Mm -hmm. We've got the Titan Insider Daily Report coming up in just one minute, so stick around. Shoot! 
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. time for your daily Titans update brought to you by Terry McCormick. Terry, what's going on? Well, it is your daily Titans report and it's brought to you by Zen Sports, which is changing the bonus game for the better. I'll throw it back to you guys and let you just fire away some questions. What do you want to ask about the yesterday's debacle in Indianapolis? <laughs> debacle. Um, pulling a Jim Foster hunt here and just throwing it open for questions. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see it because I was traveling, or, or fortunately, I didn't get to see it because I was traveling. But um, clearly, the Colts didn't need Jonathan Taylor yesterday. No, clearly not. Does when you have Zach Moss running like he did, uh, you know, I think the Titans were expecting to have to contend with Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson, and instead they had to contend with Zach Moss and Gardner Minshew, and uh, the result, not what the Titans uh, had hoped it would be. Certainly, the run defense was lacking yesterday. I think uh, Tier Tart's absence probably had something to do with that. Maybe not everything, but certainly a factor because uh, you realize what a load he is to contain in the middle, and then you know, just that allowed a lot of times the Colts linemen, there was one on the 56-yard touchdown run. You could see Quentin Nelson easily get to the second level and just basically block Jack Gibbons out of the play, which freed Moss up. And then the other linebackers and DBs were not in their gaps and uh, off to the races. And then you got red zone problems. That's another area that's normally – uh, where the Titans are fairly efficient, they don't get down to the red zone often, but when they do, they usually convert with touchdowns, but not yesterday, just going one of four down there inside the Colts 20-yard line. And then, of course, the run game, which is something that they've banked on for years, pretty much ever since Mike Brable became the head coach, and even before that, uh, was stifled by the Colts yesterday. Yeah, and DeForest Buckner is a load in the middle for for the Colts, and he was certainly a big factor in that. But, you know, I wonder how much of that is because the coaching staff is more concerned with the lack of a successful pass blocking that maybe – you know, blocking for the run has kind of taken a back seat. They've sort of tried to create the the offensive line to 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 be more effective as a pass blocking unit than a run blocking unit. And and I, I mean, I don't know if that's an issue. I literally, this is just me throwing this off the top of my head, Terry. But I'm just curious if that has a part, you know, something to do with it. Well, they did do better in pass protection yesterday, and uh, Tannehill actually was not sacked. Uh, he was pressured a few times, had to throw 
a ball or two away, including that last ball. And he was he got rest, he uh, got hammered. Off. Just kind of a desperation heave there at the end. But uh, overall, I mean, this offensive line, though, the Titans, you know, they're not trying to get away from their identity. They're still built to run the football first and foremost, uh, or at least that's what they hope to be. But uh, Sunday up there at, at Lucas Oil Stadium, they just really never gained full control of the line of scrimmage, it felt like. You know, you kept thinking, well, at some point, Henry's going to rip off a 12 or 15-yard run, and it's going to get things going. Well, but really, it was the pass game, and DeAndre Hopkins, <clears throat> that was the staple of the offense yesterday, eight catches for 140 yards. Now, the Titans will welcome that any time but they've got to have the necessary balance from the run game. The run game is what predicates everything for them or should at least uh, when their identity has been what it's been over the last four or five years. Twice Derek did bust off a couple of 12 yard runs and except, except Aaron Brewer held on both of them. So that's a problem. Yeah, that's a, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, when when it gets called back uh, because of a penalty, that that's a problem because then not only is it wiping out the big game, it's putting you behind the sticks to be first and 20 or second and 15 or whatever the case may be. And this is not a team that's really built to do that. And this is something that, you know, kind of talking to some people about, and, and I think they agree, and I'll see if you guys agree on this, the Titans are – a team that if they're playing their A game, and you saw that against Cincinnati where they're able to run the ball, stop the run, pass effectively off play action. If they're doing those things, they can beat the better teams in the league and hang with them and beat the better teams in the league. The problem is how often does any team get to put its A game out there on a Sunday? Usually it's your B game or your C game because something's going to be deficient. There's going to be a turnover. There's going to be penalties. There's going to be, you know, assignments missed, those sorts of things. So are the Titans good enough to win when they don't have their A game? If they are if they have to overcome something, can they? My, my answer to that right now is no. And here's the reason I say that. When the defense has given up 20 or more points over the last two seasons, that's 17 games last year plus five now, 22 games. They're two and nine in those games, you know, and it's a scoring league. You've got to be able to score points. And when the Titans, if the opponent, if the opposing team gets to 20 or 23, 24, pretty much over. Terry, how is this team so wildly inconsistent? <laughs> it's, it's a great question. I think Mike Vrabel's probably looking for the answer to that too, because if, Someone had told you, Maurice, that the, you looked at the Titans' first five games and someone had said they'll be two and three after these five games. Would you have said the Chargers and Bengals would have been the teams that they'd beaten? No. And, and, the and, the, and the Bengals by three touchdowns. Yes, but yet they lost to the Saints, lost to Cleveland, and lost to the Colts. So it, it really, you know, I mean, I guess it can you can – Divided up as in home and road, but it shouldn't be that much of a disparity, I don't think. So the mistakes that are happening are just killing this team. And when they don't make those mistakes, which it's easier not to make those mistakes at home because you are playing in front of a friendly crowd. And But that's not all of it. 
you know, if if you're this Titans team, when they make costly mistakes, they're not able to overcome it. That's basically what it boils down to. Here's the thing. If if this trend does hold up and they go perfect at home and, and winless on the road, they're still going to be in the mix for the AFC South. They probably are. You know, I mean, that's, that's a crazy thing to think. But, uh, you know, this division is, you know, they're, let's just say they're, they're lucky they're not in a division where there's a Kansas City Chiefs or a San Francisco 49ers or a Philadelphia Eagles to uh, lead the way. They're most fortunate. You know, I, I love social media because <laughs> if Derrick Henry fails to convert on fourth and one inside the 10-yard line, well, everybody knew Derrick was going to carry the ball. But if he doesn't carry the ball, you've got Derrick Henry. Why aren't you using him? You know, it's kind of That's a lose-lose situation. And but, but that being said, you know, it, it seems like there was some trade-off with these offensive coordinators. It feels like that, you know, Todd Downing teams were really good in the red zone, almost perfect. And Tim Kelly teams, great you know, outside of the red zone, getting the ball downfield and doing a lot of, you know, a lot more uh, things that, that you see in normal NFL games, but has struggled inside the red zone. Is there, is there any chance that this team can make those adjustments and figure it out? Or is this a Tim Kelly problem? Well, I think they have to. I mean, I think, you know, you've seen them get creative down in the red zone. You saw the little, uh, flip kind of reverse that Tajay Spears ran in for a score. You saw them nearly pull off Derrick Henry throwing a rollout touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins. That would have been pretty amazing. If if that ball is three inches shorter, uh, Hopkins is catching it inbounds for a touchdown. You know, and to me, you know, here's what I would have dialed up on that fourth and one play. And I'm putting my offensive coordinator hat on. I'm sure no one wants to see that. Can't but, be any worse, Terry. Well, with the hot hand that DeAndre Hopkins had yesterday, I'm thinking about putting the ball in his hands. Throw it up there and see if he can come down with it. You only need a yard. Maybe send him into the end zone. You might get six out of it. I was thinking the old Tanny Wills bootleg. We've not seen that. We've not seen the Tanny yeah, Wills bootleg I mean, at all. Yeah, one play that used to be a staple of, of this offense, and it goes all the way back to the Steve McNair days, was when you when you play action and you roll the quarterback out and put the tight end in the flat, a long time ago it was Frank Wycheck, Steve McNair would have the option to either pump fake and run it in, depending on what the cornerback did, or flip the ball over the defender's head into the, into the tight end's arms. That play is in short yardage situations, that's one of my favorite plays to use because it's virtually unstoppable as long as the offensive line holds the blocks long enough for the quarterback to get the ball away. Well, and that's a that, that's a pretty big caveat with this team. That being said, you've got an athletic quarterback like Ron Tannehill who has shown that he can run the football. Uh, I'm struggling with the fact that he's not been asked to run the football at any point. Now, Here's the question that I have. You mentioned this two weeks ago, and I said you'd get him killed, Terry. 
As the pass blocking has improved, if this team does not win in, in London and you feel like the pass blocking is going to hold up, is it time to put Malik Willis or Will Levis in the, in the backfield and just let it go? See what you got. Well, I think a lot of it is what we just talked about earlier. How, how much in the division race are you? If you're two and four, you're probably not looking at a wild card. But if the division leader is only three and three, now granted, I think the Jaguars and Colts play next week, so somebody's probably going to be four and two, unless they end in a tie. So you're probably going to, you could be two games out of the division. And if it's the Colts, technically it would be three games out because they've got a game in hand over you. Uh, you know, I guess you're still on the cusp, as we talked about, in this division race. But if you start, to, if you come back after the bye and you go two and five, two and six, then at that point, here's my thought on it. I think you have to see what you have in Will Levis. You know what you have somewhat in Malik Willis, even though he's much improved in preseason, he was much improved over last year but you at least know somewhat of what he is and what he potentially could be with levis you have no idea what he can be because you saw him for half of a preseason game so at some point if you fall out of contention you have to see will levis to see if he can potentially be the guy going forward and if he's not then you've either got to roll with malik willis or you got to go back in the draft next year and look for somebody if you fall out of contention, being the key caveat there. Yes. Because as long as you've got something to play for, you got to go with 17. Sure, absolutely you do. Because, I mean, and because of this, I mean, you, you think about it. Guys like Tannehill himself, like Derrick Henry, like Harold Landry, DeAndre Hopkins, guys who've been in the league for a while, and, you know, Kevin Byard, you know, guys who've been in the league for a while. They don't want to hear the word rebuild. They don't want you playing for a top five pick on their watch if they can help it. Now, that said, it's up to them to prevent that from happening by winning some games. Simple as that. That's a heck of a point, Terry. <laughs> and this yeah, whole game across the pond isn't going to be easy. No, no, it's not. I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't get to watch any of the game, but from what I've been told, Lamar Jackson should have probably sued his receivers yesterday for non-support is what I've been told. But there were all kinds of drops and miscues by the Ravens uh, in that loss to the Steelers. So uh, the one thing, the one thing that probably helps the Titans a little bit, that might be a little bit of an edge. Of course, they've played Lamar Jackson before. They know what type of player he is. They know how dynamic he can be if he gets into the open field. But, the game plan they just had was for Anthony Richardson, who's a similar type of player. So maybe they can use some of that game plan that kind of blew all the pieces yesterday and uh, apply some of it to the Ravens. All right. You know, this, this weekend in the NFL was a little goofy, to say the least. But, you know, the Titans now get ready for that trip to London as they'll take on the Ravens. Uh, we'll see how 
how everyone holds up with their their bodies as of course we know jet lag and all the things that go along with that so should be an interesting game um jacksonville looked good over there but they're used to it the ravens not so much titans played there what last did titans play there last year they played there the year two years two ago, years ago okay yeah so titans not really used to it either so we'll see it should be an interesting uh an interesting setup all right you guys want to hear about zen sports we do in fact absolutely all right zen sports is the new sports book in tennessee revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards with zen sports your rewards are cash rewards you bet with real money and now you're rewarded with it too Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commissions on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. When gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. Y'all, I'm serious right now. They have a dragon here. I saw it. What? Like, no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up! <gasps> See that? We're almost there. Whoa! I told you so. That is a Hey, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. We are back here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint Chris Yao and Maurice Patton on this Monday Mirror Edition as we are reacting to all of the weekend's sports news. Mo, if you thought if you thought that Major League Baseball scheduling was wild. Mm-hmm. The WNBA doesn't play game two until Wednesday after playing game one on Sunday. <laughs> so NBA scheduling there. What that's, do you do on like, you got two days off in Vegas. That's, <laughs> you don't talk about an advantage for Las Vegas players. Do you have to ask? What do you do? I mean. Just saying. Plenty to do. Well, I guess they figured. I don't know what they figured. I mean, mm. you would have played at best Sunday, Tuesday. 
maybe they figured they needed an extra day to recover from Monday night. I, I don't know. That's it's that's odd. That's interesting. It is. Let's get into some rapid fire reaction from the National Football League, Mo. Mm -hmm. Because there are some questions I've got. Question number one is Bill Belichick done? As this roster is currently constructed, it's tough to say no. I mean, is this his last year? Is he done? You know, I can see someone who has done what he's done, who's accomplished what he's accomplished, not necessarily having the patience to get this franchise back to doing what it has done. You know, I, I can certainly see him being done. Yeah. Is he? I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I think the question is, why would he not be done? Why Why would you stay? Why Why, why deal with this? Yeah. I don't have to deal with this. I, I mean, I, go to the house. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. There's nothing more that I can do, basically, than what I've already done. Anything I do is something I've already done. You know? Multiple times. Yeah. All right, the only thing... That might be driving Bill Belichick is to prove that he can do it without Tom Brady. Yep. And one, that's a slippery slope because he might just wind up proving more and more that he can't. And it might be best to cut your losses, you know, if that is the thought. But, I mean, again, certainly as they're constructed right now, I don't know that he can. And besides that, again, he's got he's got nothing else to prove. Why? He's got a good buddy with a nice beach house that he could probably borrow during the season, considering that you know he's busy. You talking about TB12? Who who are you no, talking? I'm about? talking about Nick Saban. Oh oh. <laughs> well, I don't I don't. <laughs> How much longer is Nick Saban going to be busy? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I feel like I feel like, and and you know, folks who have been around this type of situation before are saying that it kind of feels the same way. Uh, sort of like, you know, the final years of the Joe Torre era with the Yankees. Just kind of the, the feeling that they get is sort of the same. Hmm. So uh, I'll be interested to see if this if this really is it for, for Belichick. I'll be interested to see whether he announces it before the season is over with or once the season is over with. You heard Justin talk about Jamar Chase earlier, but... Joe Burrow looked pretty good. And if Joe Burrow is back, that's that's scary for the NFL because the Bengals would then be back. <laughs> Unless you're the Titans. Well, you don't have to play him again now, that, so that helps. Yeah, but I mean, he he didn't seem to greatly impact that game a couple of weeks ago. But well, 
I still think he was dealing with that injury. And I, th I still think he's probably dealing with it to some degree now. Mm -hmm. but, you know, obviously the longer the season goes, the better the injury is going to be as long as he doesn't re-aggravate it, right? Yeah, theoretically. Yeah. So, I mean, that, make, that makes sense. So if, if that injury is clearly becoming less of an issue, the Bengals... Then he's going to be again, more of an issue. He's going to be more of an issue. And the Bengals are going to be scary. Yeah. And so you better watch out because, I mean, a, a healthy Joe Burrow is a problem in the National yeah. Football League. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. <laughs> uh, this is a question that some people are asking that I think is a little silly, <laughs> but I wanted to get your thoughts on it. All right. After yesterday's 42-24 win, uh, in Detroit loss. Well, sorry. Yeah. Win for Detroit over there Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Folks I was watching, if, I was watching the end of that with a big Lions fan. Yes. I let's bet, get that one right. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. I, well, I was, I was watching it to see if Josh Reynolds happened to score and he did. Unfortunately, tight end Sam Laporta did twice and, playing against him um but Bryce Young three touchdowns <laughs> yesterday mm -hmm. 25 of 41 247 but also had two picks okay at 0 and 5 folks asking if Bryce should sit in favor of Andy Dalton what folks some Carolina fans saying that this isn't good enough they were they were in games with with Dalton at quarterback. They had they had chances to win, according to them. I don't think they had a chance to win this game if Tom Brady were quarterback. Here's the thing. Where did they draft? Number three? Yes. There's a reason for that. There is a reason they were drafting number three. There is a reason they took who they took at number three. I don't know that winning in 2023 is the Carolina Panthers' primary concern. I don't even know if it's their secondary concern. I'm not sure it's their tertiary concern. I, I don't know that the Carolina Panthers are concerned with winning in 2023. If I think Young, their concern is getting Bryce Young better and getting him ready for 24 and 25 and the next 10 years after that. If Bryce Young is not at is not in in danger of being hurt because he's consistently being hit in the backfield and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. you play Bryce Young. Yep. Period. Bryce Young needs National Football League snaps. Probably needs snaps more than the Panthers need wins at this moment. Well, and that's uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it, at zero and five, your season's pretty well done at this point, anyway. Your season was done before it started. And to me, it just feels like, and this is what you're seeing with, you know, is Gardner Minshew a better option at quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts than, than Anthony Richardson? If if you're trying to win the AFC South, 
That's the question. If you're trying to win the AFC South, what is it that you're trying to get done? And and that's why what Indianapolis is trying to accomplish and what Carolina is trying to accomplish aren't the same thing. Well, but here's here's my question. The, the question that I'm asking is, yeah, I think that Gardner Minshew is the better option. Mm-hmm. But they've been playing Anthony Richardson. Why? Because winning the AFC South wasn't their goal. Not in 2023. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Same with, you know, I say same with the Texans. The Texans are a little different because the Texans had no have no quarterback that's capable. Right. They, they don't have another option. Yeah. C.J. Stroud is their option. He, they're, they're, you know, Davis Mills is not going to come in and be a better option to win National Football League games. He just isn't. But there are certain teams, and, and, and you know, if it weren't the final year of Derrick Henry's contract and the final year of Ryan Tannehill's contract, I think that's what we'd see in, in Tennessee. I think that, I think you'd see Will Levis today. But, uh, you know, you've got Ryan Tannehill, you've got Derrick Henry, and you don't want to, you don't want to force, you know, force a, a tank necessarily on those type, on those guys. And well, you just signed Bayard and you just signed Jeff Simmons and you just, you know, you've got a defense you feel like that you can win with. So I don't know that the Titans situation with their third round draftee at quarterback and the Colts and the Panthers situations with their first well, round we'll draftees at quarterback. Second round draft pick and, and, and ran Carthen was was frantically trying to get him. Rand wanted Will Levis. And if Peter Skaronsky hadn't been available, I think we'd have taken Will Levis at 10 or 11, wherever we picked. Well, thank goodness for Peter Skaronsky then. <laughs> that, that, so this is, this is kind of what I'm saying. What, what, what I, I think my point is that, you know, Exactly what you said. The Carolina Panthers don't care if they have zero in the left column or eight. They don't care. The goal is to be prepared for 25, 26, and 27, those last three years of the of his rookie contract. And 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 the and the closer that number on the left hand side is to zero, the better, because that just means they get more better draft picks every time around. <laughs> to go around so, him. So yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of where they're at. And as I just mentioned, the Colts are a threat now. I, I, I think the Indianapolis Colts are a legitimate threat for the AFC South now. Somebody's got to be. If Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor can give you what Zach Moss gave you yesterday. You get, you get Jonathan Taylor eased back in, and you don't lose anything because you've got Zach Moss to lean on. Right. In addition yeah. to the defense that they've got, which is pretty good. They're in a pretty good situation. They're in a really good situation in the AFC South. I would not be surprised. It's ironic the first year that the Colts aren't picked to win the division that they might actually win the division. <laughs> and that's unfortunate because that means that we're probably going to lose to them again. 
But Gardner Minshew is a he he is he is a capable quarterback in this division. Emphasis in this division. I think he's looked really good. All right. You got any questions that you want to throw out there from the uh, National Football League? I, I am pretty much questionless. Although, I mean, you you touched on the Texans, and they almost stole one yesterday in Atlanta before their much maligned quarterback, Desmond Ritter, let them back down the field to get in position for a game-winning field goal that they hit to steal one against the Texans 21-19. I mean... AAF legend Young Ho Koo. I'm not sure of the pronunciation, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I have no idea if that's the right way to say it. Yeah, right. yeah. I, now I Desmond Ritter had a great. I mean, 28 of 37 for 329 and a touchdown. Of course, you would you feel like with those numbers you'd have more than one touchdown, but I mean, talk about struggling in the red zone. Mm-hmm. They've certainly had their issues but yeah i mean the if if the texans had been able to do anything but kick field goals they probably would have been they probably would have won the game i mean heck they they kicked what four in the first half and were leading 12 to 7 yeah i mean that's that's wild so kicking field goals does not win football games in the national football league and what did the titans do yesterday Kicked field goals. Kicked a bunch of field goals. Three of them. Thank goodness for Nick Folk. Nick Folk is great. Like, seriously, great. Got to get something to go around him. <laughs> you can't build around, build around the kicker at this point. There you go. That's it. Uh, well, I mean, the only way to do that is to, to get a better to, to get better defensive players than Christian Fulton and Harold, Harold Landry. Uh, Harold well, Landry, I just saw a one of those, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the graphs. I just saw a graph that he is the fifth worst defensive lineman in pass rush win rate because he's an edge rusher or whatever. Wow. Fifth worst, fifth worst? Of, of anybody making more than $13 million a year. So... And there's a lot. Well, that's of a pretty small pool. Oh, uh, it's it's bigger than you think. It's it's uh, this is this is you know value wise. So you're looking at a guy that you're paying. Of all the guys getting paid, what he's getting paid? Thirteen million or more. He's the fifth worst and the worst run stopper. He makes plays on he, he makes a play on run plays less than two percent of the snaps he plays. So either teams aren't running toward him, <laughs> or that's an interesting statistic. But I mean, because I don't know how many guys are making thirteen million. It's so. it's a lot. I mean, cause, and, and again, you're talking about just defensive linemen and edge rushers. Mm-hmm. But that's who makes the most money on defenses or edge rushers like, you know, Miles Garrett's included in this type of thing. But it, it, when I saw the, when I saw the graph and you see all the people in the middle of the graph, 
And then you've got Miles Garrett to the far right and mm -hmm. real high. And you got Harold Landry at the far bottom and real low. It's like, man, was this just another bad J. Rob signing? I mean, it was Harold Landry. Well, it's easy really to default to that. Again, I mean, I don't. I, I'm. Was he I'm listening it? to you. I'm, I'm. I'm hearing there's a lot, but I mean, are we talking about sixty guys? Are we talking about twenty guys? I mean, I. I don't. I mean, if he's the fifty, I. I don't know. That's stats. I'm gonna. Say I'm gonna tell you, Jeffrey Simmons is right. Is literally right in the middle. I mean, right in the middle. He wins about seven percent of the time on runs and wins about thirteen percent of the times on passes. Um. I'm going to tell you there are 30-ish. Mm -hmm. hmm. And the only people worse are Draymond Jones, Dalvin Tomlinson of the Browns, Hassan Reddick of the Eagles, Chris Jones, and Shaq Barnett is down there. Uh, he and Draymond Jones are about tied at 2% win rate for rushing. You say Chris and, Jones? Uh, no, Draymond Jones. No, uh, okay. Oh, yes, Chris you. Jones. Yes, Chris Jones of, is, is Of the Kansas City stopping, Chiefs, Chris Jones. Is, is terrible at stopping the run. Great pass rusher. Can't stop the run. <laughs> Harold Landry, by far the worst pressure rate for passing. By far. And it's it literally not close to anybody else. It's interesting. <laughs> so it is interesting. And it's just, it's unfortunate because one of the things, especially with Tear Tart out, you need guys who can rush the passer. Now, again, he's coming off a knee injury. I'm not mm -hmm. going to, I'm not going to base everything off of the first five games coming off a knee injury. We saw Ronald Acuna Jr. And you see anybody coming off an ACL. They're a little timid. I get that. But right now we got to have you. You know what I mean? Mhm. Mm we get right now is the time we got to have you. So. Let's take a quick break. When we come back college football reaction. Plenty to talk about. Oklahoma, Texas, Mario Cristobal, Louisville. <laughs> Plenty to talk about. Stick around. Main Street Sports Today is presented by Midget and Z-Barn. Enjoy it back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. 
Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, live from the Lee Company studio here. As we continue this Monday Mirror and plenty of college football reactions to get to from around the country. Hey, Chris. About, what's up? Before we get into our college football segment, I just want to read a real quick tweet from the SEC Network at SEC Network scrolling through Twitter as we are wont to do. Ron Howard joins Florida coaching staff. Atlanta Dream Guard Ron Howard will be joining the Florida women's basketball coaching staff as an assistant coach and director of player personnel. Number one overall pick in the 2022 WNBA draft earned SEC Player of the Year honors twice during her collegiate career at Kentucky, by the way. So, interesting. So does that to, mean she's not playing for the Atlanta Dream? No, I think this means that she will coach during the WNBA offseason. Hmm. I mean, they don't start till May. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean that. As long as you're not having to, you know, work during the off season, you know, you know, developing personnel of players and whatnot. Uh-huh. I would think that that would be something that you'd need to do in the off season rather than during the season. But hey, I, it's Florida's money. 
I'm gonna mm -hmm. let them spend it however they feel necessary. And, uh, and if, Ron, if Ron Howard can get some of it, so much the better and, for her. And, and I'm gonna be honest with you. The fact that Ron Howard played at Kentucky and is coaching at Florida is like so anti-Tennessee, it just burns me up even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's almost like she does it on purpose. And, and I'm not I, mad at her I don't think it. it's her. I'm not mad at her at all. I, th I think someone missed the boat early in the recruiting con. They missed it. There's no question there. Process, yeah. So. Hey, anyway. Justin. Justin, no. did you see uh, Travis Kelsey's near injury yesterday? I did not. I did he, not. He, he made a catch, turned upfield, and, and got caught by the turf monster and limped off and was off the field for a while. Really? People thought he like tore his Achilles. Like it, it was a serious injury, or it, it could have been a serious injury. It ended up not mm -hmm. being. He was in fact able to shake it off. Oh, I was wondering if it was coming out because there was too much into it. I was like, okay, no, okay, okay. The first part, the, the injury part, is real. No, I've seen that now. Yeah, I'm looking at that actually. Okay. <laughs> did not practice today. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he really did get injured, but he you did, you he, went a long way for that one though. He was he was able to shake it off. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's when he's not in there, there's such a blank space in their offense that <laughs> we really, you know. Oh no. <laughs> Are Oklahoma and Texas both top five teams? <laughs> well hey, done. you're the one who brought Taylor Swift up on this show the first time. That's, that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm. Three weeks about. ago. Oh goodness! But it, yeah, but the the jokes weren't as good then. Uh, <laughs> are Oklahoma and Texas both top five teams, or are they both not <laughs> top well, five teams? What's, give, what, what's the prognosis here? You know, given this weekend's results, I'd say one is closer to top five than the other. But I mean, there are only five top five teams, and two of them are Georgia Which and Michigan. Is closer. Uh, based on Saturday, I dare say Oklahoma's closer. Okay, you head to head means something to me. I I don't I'm, I, I, I call understand. me flawed. I, I understand that. Maybe I oversimplify things. I don't know. But my, if A beats T B, then it seems to me that A is better. I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm asking you is, if you watch the game, they look pretty damn equal. And if okay. one is top five, I think both of them are. And I think both of them are top five teams. Okay. And I can't wait for the Big 12 championship game because I think it's okay. going to okay. be the but, but, but tell me this. Five. Again, how many top five teams are there? There are five. Okay. And if Georgia and Michigan are two of them. But why, why is Michigan one of them? Okay, who 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 are your other... This is what I'm asking. I mean, look, I, based off what we've seen this year, Michigan, maybe. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay, okay. So but who are your top five teams? I, in no particular order. Who who are your top five teams? I, I don't care. Georgia, Alphabetize them if you want to. I don't care. Who are they? Georgia, Florida State, Washington, maybe? Hey, it's your top five. Georgia, well, Florida trying, State, Washington, Oklahoma, I'm, and Texas is your top five. I'm trying to go through. Yeah, I mean, I would say they probably are. 
Okay. I think those are the best five teams in the country, but I think Washington could be Oregon or whatever. I think there's a lot of – the Pac-12 has some issues right now, so I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, I think if not top five, definitely top six. Because I, I, there are not six teams in the country based off what we've seen this year that are better. Ohio State's probably close, mm-hmm. but now that – I mean, I don't think Louisville's all that good. So, was this a fluke because Sam Hartman's laying points for the card? <laughs> I'm not going to come play for you, but I'm going to do the next best thing. I'm going to lose games to you. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I don't know. So, I, there's there's a lot of as normal as the SEC week was. The rest of the college football was not abnormal. Uh, I mean, <laughs> USC nearly blowing it to Arizona. Did you Should have. That, did you see that kick? The the, the potential game-winning kick in, in regulation? Oh, yeah. Where the holder was standing up trying to hold the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Just insane. They they should have lost to Arizona. Oh, a- absolutely. And, and you know, <laughs> Colorado is going to end up making a bowl game because of the win against Arizona State. But I'm not sure that they deserve to win that one. Hmm. And it is, it's wild to me that the two Arizona teams played the way that they played against two teams. And maybe it's because they, maybe there was a hangover with Colorado and USC both, you know, in, in that, in that very tough, mentally tough game, 10 o'clock in the morning, all the things that go with, what you know what they had to deal with mm-hmm. and and then playing a really good football game and then oh by the way we got arizona arizona state we can maybe we can take an extra day off and relax a little bit and try to come down from that and then this happens i don't know maybe that's what happened but I, usc in, in colorado should not be struggling with arizona state and arizona period <laughs> Uh, based off what we've seen, right? I mean, historically speaking. So I, I don't know. And with that, I mean, uh, Texas, uh, obviously Alabama's really good. I think Alabama's much better today than they were when they lost to Texas. Mm-hmm. But the more Alabama wins, the better Texas looks. Oh, yeah. Because everybody can fall back on, but they beat Alabama. On the road. But All right. Double digits. That's no, that's no easy task. It, not right. very many, not very many people have done that in the last fifteen years. And so, and, and then Oklahoma dominated the first half of that game. Now Texas, I think, dominated the second half of the game. I think, I think Steve Sarkeesian probably outcoached Brent Venables at halftime. Made a few more adjustments. Of course, it's easier to do when you're behind. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know what the other team's going to do, so it's easier to make adjustments when you're losing. We can't do this. We need to do something different. <laughs> but if you're winning, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. Well, that's not always going to work, Coach. Right. <laughs> and so, you know. But it, here, here's the thing there. It's, <laughs> Bobby Johnson called it chasing ghosts. I mean, you can be trying to adjust to things that you never see if you're not careful in that situation. So, I mean, that's what makes – Halftime adjustment stuff when you're winning. 
That's what I'm saying. Because you yeah. know they're going to make changes, but you don't know what what they're changing, so you don't know how to adjust to the adjustments. So you you, yeah. you got to do that kind of on the fly. Right. And and so I think Texas dominated that second half. Sands the final drive. Dylan Gabriel looked like a. I mean that that could have been a Heisman moment for Dylan Gabriel. Hmm. It, it truly could have. So. Right now, Texas and Oklahoma are among the best teams in the country. I think Georgia proved that it's got the ability to be. When, when the lights are brightest, Georgia showed up. When the, when the folks were, or the hounds were out their door saying Georgia's done, Georgia showed up. I don't think, I don't think there's a game, and this is what Ohio, I have a friend who's a big Ohio State fan, and he said, I'm not sure what's more frustrating is not knowing whether we're good, in, as in Ohio State, or not mm-hmm. knowing whether Michigan's good. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> They've played well against pretty poor competition. They've played well. It's not like they've been struggling against the bad competition. So it's like they must, they must be good. So maybe they are, but we don't know. Because they haven't played anybody. And that's, you know, that's kind of where we were at with Colorado at one point. They've beaten some pretty bad teams pretty well. Yeah. But we don't know. But I, I, I think we did know. I think we did know that Colorado had a ceiling. I think we did know that they weren't playing the toughest competition early on. And I think we did know that you know, numbers and talent were going to catch up with them when they played Oregon and when they played USC and some of those other folks. I, I, but then they only lost to USC by a touchdown. But they lost. I mean, well, I understand I, that, I, but I mean, but they were competitive with the number eight team in the country, and so I, I, I think, I think there's still some questions out there with Colorado. I think there's some questions. I, I think that I think they could they they could potentially be competitive with anybody but they could potentially get blown out like they did against Oregon against anybody. So well, there's, it's, I, I don't think they could, a, I don't think they could get blown out like they did against Oregon against anybody because I don't think Oregon is anybody. Yeah. I think I, Oregon is probably sure. a top tier team. Sure. So I, I think mean, they're, I think they can play with a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, top 15, maybe not probably everybody not. else. Probably so. Well, uh, top 15 in Washington State, number 13 in the country, gets beat by UCLA. And now UCLA has to turn around and they get Oregon State. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think the Pac-12's got, got some they, – they've got some cannibalization issues right now. They are cannibalizing <laughs> each other. Well, and now they now now they can see how the SEC lives. And, and, and so it's, it's a really interesting dynamic over there. And then you, you know, you come over here to the east where, Mo, we'll we'll talk more about this on Wednesday. We don't have enough time to get into. We don't. It today. We, yeah, right. you you've we, talked too much. Listen to this. <laughs> it is possible that the ACC could have three teams go undefeated in ACC play. You love to see it, don't you? And none of them be Clemson. <laughs> And none of them be Clemson. Florida State, 
North Carolina, and now Louisville could all go undefeated in ACC play. And, and none, none of them plays the other? Other. That's correct. We'll talk about that on Wednesday and how that all, because that's not unusual with now we've got these major conferences, these 16-team conferences. This could happen more and off, more often. And so, and and so what? Who goes to your conference exactly. championship? Your your top two ranked teams? I, I guess because if they're, what if they're all three undefeated, like overall undefeated? Then what? <laughs> you Coin love flip? to see it. Try match? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Somebody gets a you know throw them all in a hat and draw them out and somebody Play plays a double header. Yeah, two quarters yeah. each. So anyway, and, and, you know, and, and Miami is just out here giving <clears throat> games away, giving games away. Yeah. So, I, I mean, well, I mean, you said Brent key was going to win one. I, I did say Brent key was going to win one. I didn't think it was going to be that way, <laughs> but he did. And he covered, and that was really all I cared about. <laughs> so, he anyway, covered and then some. Yeah. He did. And so, you know, this, this week in college football was an absolute crazy one, which made the AP poll really weird because not much changed. Yeah. Like, it was so crazy that you couldn't really do anything. You were like, okay, then maybe this is just a weird week. It's so kind of paralysis what? by analysis, I think. I mean, what? how do you fit? So everybody just threw up their hands and said, Forget it. Real quick answer. What's more likely? The SEC continues to be normal, as we saw this week, or that it, that this week was the anomaly and everything gets back crazy next week? Ooh. I wish I had next week's schedule in front of me. I could better answer that. Uh, I think things might be settling in, though, in the SEC. I think this might have been what we're going to see. I think so, too. Which is unfortunate because that means we're going to get Georgia and Alabama in the SEC championship game. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow we continue our discussion of the AFC South and the Tennessee Titans with Ben Arthur. He'll join us as well as Chip Walters ahead of MTSU's game tomorrow night. So come back with us on Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll see you at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. <laughs>